0: Webs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event SeatGiant sells, use the code unfiltered20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code unfiltered20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 Shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered episode 194. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvey, and I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Treg Wilson. Oh. and matt smith good evening whose heroic return from cold lake alberta on a propeller aircraft is just on i
1: have to be back happy to be back from cold lake i'll just say that
0: so with the with the budget cuts to the rcaf was it you guys on bicycles that were pedaling to make the props turn
1: pretty much yeah yeah
0: yeah think think of oh think of the money saved in gas exactly yeah that's why you guys play volleyball to get in shape for that
1: absolutely shirts and skins
0: (laughs) speaking of shirts uh for those who are watching (laughs) on youtube you'll notice that uh two of our hosts are wearing their Habs unfiltered t-shirts from 514, uh, 514 shirts um these shirts are absolutely beautiful and comfortable and the purchase of any of these shirts the profits all go to vets canada to help them fight veterans homelessness across this nation Uh, it's a it's a charity that I, i i've worked with in the past that i enjoy helping uh they they do the work to help any veteran who has fallen through the cracks and needs their help so if you buy a shirt you help a veteran So on that note, we'll switch over to the little news and notes around the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, as we record, it is Tuesday, October 12th. Yesterday, the Canadiens picked up Adam Brooks from the Toronto Maple Leafs on waivers. So he's a 5'10", 180-pound centerman, basically a fourth liner. Um what do you think this means, guys? What do you think this means for the lineup? Matt, you weren't on the last one, so I'm going to give you the, the first go.
1: I just think it's, it's going to be additional competition for the for those fourth-line spots. you got guys like uh, um, Hoffman that are about to come back, and you're going to need a roster spot for him, and he's not going to be a guy that's going to have to compete for a spot. You know he's going to be in the lineup. Um, but guys like Paling, Belzil. um Paquette, Perot, etc. Those are the guys that this is going to kind of put a little bit of a flame up their ass and just kind of make some internal competition there. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I personally thought that uh, when this abundance of players went on waivers, that uh, the Canadians were going to look at Brooks or they were going to look at uh, Barry Boulet that was picked up by Seattle. Could um, you
0: imagine? They're... How did Bergevin let that go? How <laughs> did he not pick the Francophone? My God. More importantly, why did Tampa Bay let go such a wonderful hockey player? Exactly,
1: but I, I really think I, I, I think that um, he's he's going to be one of those guys. He's he's uh, he has performed. He's performed not you know not so bad for a guy that has limited games uh, in the NHL. And I think that right now, with the a little with the small bit of NHL experience that he has, and kind of what he brings to the game he might even have the leg up on a guy like Paling right now um, in in terms of of getting into the lineup. And the fact that Paling doesn't require waivers is going to be one of those other, is is going to be another one of those factors. But uh, with, with guys having to come back from injury and already the team going through so many changes, um, I I don't think this is the last time we're going to talk about Brooks and, and and some of these other fourth liners and really what those line, when that lineup is going to, um become i guess as as the season comes on
2: Craig, i uh, yeah i think brooks uh was kind of the i want to i don't want to say nail in the paling coffin but uh, i think he he brings a little bit more to the thing if you really look at it he only played 11 nhl games he's actually played less it has less nhl experience than what paling has um however he's showed really good promise in every one of those games playing on a fourth line with Toronto. So uh, everything I hear from my uh, Toronto fan friends is that he's a great player, good two way forward, his skating's a bit. So like Paling, his skating needs a little bit of work, uh, but he plays a good 200 foot game. Uh, I think the battle is going to be between Paling and him to keep their job. Once a guy like Huffman and Edmondson, um, I know we're going to talk about this a bit later, but the Canadians went with 15 forwards, six defensemen. I mean, we might as well just circle right into it now. Uh, however, uh, once guys like Edmondson uh, come back, uh, Huffman come back, I think you're going to see Belzeal and uh, Paling be the guys that are uh, – because uh, Brooke has to stay on for at least 30 days. So,
0: well, <clears throat> No, you, you pick him up, he's on the roster. They can put him back on waivers immediately. Yeah, if they all want it does it to. is yeah, yeah. And all it does is give Toronto a, a Toronto can get him back and put him right in the minors. That's right. That's right. It's
1: difference. kind of like what they what uh, Washington did with yeah. that uh, with a player that they lost. Uh, don't the remember goal. his name. God, it's got the really long hair. It's got beautiful Sammy Nico here. Buffalo Buffalo picked him up and then they picked him up right away and they they put him in the minors. Walker? No, uh, give me one sec. It was. Uh, Cat friendly is my friend. Oh, uh, Axel, right. a- Axel J- uh, Johnson Faldbie. Oh, that guy. Up. Yeah. Axel okay.
0: Rose. Axel
1: yeah, a- yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Cat Friendly.
0: November. Anyway, um,
2: I, I just think, uh, like I say, I, I've been a big advocate for Paling. I thought he could. I thought he played a good preseason. I know a lot of people. I mean, I'm going to get into a little bit of a Paling rant here. But people were expecting Payling to be a 1C, 2C guy coming into camp. And he's a 3C, 4C. And he played like a 3C, 4C. He played to the position he was fighting for. Should he have been more flashier, done more? Sure, but he's a north-south player. He's not a flashy, dippy-duty guy.
0: And that's the right. knock on him from the camp. He had all these opportunities, but he didn't. He didn't flash anything He to throw a big hit, or he didn't make he big his big interception.
2: But he played his game. He had good numbers. He played a good 200-foot game. He played yeah. a 3C, 4C style of center. He did everything he was asked to do on the ice. He just didn't give that extra, I can also do this. He played safe. He played safe. He played not
0: to make a mistake. Yeah.
1: unfortunately while i was away i didn't get to see as many games as i would have wanted to see Um, but in the highlights that i watched and for the people i talked to it just seemed that as you guys said he he played he played it safe he didn't really take the risk but he did like He couldn't have went into this camp knowing that he was safe, that he was going to make the roster, that he was going to be playing on opening day, which it doesn't look like that's going to be the case per the lineup that they, uh, that they skated with today. And for the highlights that I saw, it just seemed that he was a, if there was a goal that was scored, and he was on the ice. He was either there, but he was a step behind And it was just his, his body language, you know, shooting his head up in the air, looking at the rafters after a goal was scored or that kind of stuff. And it was, it's things, it's things like that, that maybe you didn't notice that maybe he was out of position or maybe that it was this or that, but you know, him looking up at the rafters and the camera being on him, then you kind of know, well, he just fucked up and he's letting everybody know it.
0: He didn't necessarily fuck up. It's, this is the thing he, what he did, he was playing, tentatively he was playing like tregg said safe he he didn't want to make any mistakes so he was uh he was making the so-called safe plays all the time he wasn't trying to he wasn't trying to create he wasn't trying to push the pace he wasn't he was too passive in his defensive coverage as well and
1: very much much so very much so
0: but at the same time the goals that were scored weren't necessarily just on him no. The, the entire team broke down so he his frustration showing is partly to do he felt maybe he could have done more or and or um he was just frustrated that it didn't it's not working for him yeah. so the expectation the only, was he was going to do a lot more in this camp yeah. but he just for, didn't do it
1: for me going you know, into this the the spot was his to take in my opinion, it, re- it really was. And for me, from what I saw, he just he didn't grab it by the horns and, and picking up a guy like Brooks, as as uh, as Trey alluded to, it kind of just points to the direction that Paling's likely going to be a guy that's going to be sent down. He's going to have to battle his way um, to be that first call up. And, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully he'll have a good season wherever he ends up playing But wherever I mean, he ends up playing, he needs to be playing. He can't yeah. just be a guy that sits on the bench or sits, gonna, on, or sits on the, in the press box. I mean, he,
2: he only had uh, one goal against five on five in the three or four games that he played four games. I think that he played. So he was played in every situation, power play, penalty kill. And, uh, and I get it. I get it. The eye test showed you that he, the effort didn't seem to be there but it wasn't that the effort wasn't there. It's the extra effort that wasn't there. He did everything he was supposed to do. And I think this goes back to when he was sent down a lot last season, but the season before uh, where he thought he did everything right and thought he should have made the team. He got sent down. He's a bit pissy about it. Uh, He had that terrible season. He was also coming off a concussion. And you also got to think too, he was coming off a major wrist surgery too in the off season. So how much did that affect his play? in the preseason well, a lot of people don't don't get, mind you skating has nothing to do with his wrist but uh how much did that have to do with him not taking that big hit or him not you know making that shot or doing that play That's
0: right so so coming into the camp i had him pegged as being sent down based on his waiver eligibility alone and i haven't seen anything from him that is making me change my mind he's still on the roster as we speak with the 15 forwards but the Brooks pickup on waivers tells me that they need that depth guy to sit on that, to sit in that press box. And you're right, Matt, they don't want him to just sit there and waste away.
1: So it's the the worst thing they could do.
0: Yeah. So unless they plan on him playing that fourth line role, which doesn't seem to be the case with pocket and Brooks, um, it it looks like he's going to go back to Laval He's going to play top-line minutes on there, play in all situations, get a ton of minutes. I still think he's going to be a call-up and he's going to end up sticking because the Brooks experiment, it's, it's just temporary. There's going to be other guys coming in. When, um, when uh, Byron comes back, when Hoffman comes back, uh, you're going to need to wave guys. And I fully believe that Brooks has been one of those guys sacrificed. I don't see it being
2: or uh, Perot. Well, no, uh, they,
0: uh, they went out and signed them. He's just exactly. a waiver pickup.
2: Yeah, I, I don't see like for so to me, Paling and Basile will be the first two to go down.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Right. After that, so that's Huffman and say Edmondson, because they only have six defensemen. Once Edmondson come back, they'll move up to seven. Those two are gone. Now once,
0: Niku coming back from injury soon, sometime. I don't know but, what's gonna happen. Norlander but they got to come is, down to the roster before they do something.
2: But I think Norlander going to go back to Sweden as soon as he comes back. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be a paper move done there somewhere yep. somehow. Uh, and I'll see, I think Nico, I don't know what's going to go on with Nico. all depends on how Weidman does while Nico's out. I, I think if Weidman shits the bed, then maybe they go, all right, Weidman, we're putting you on waivers. Nico, you're coming in. If Weidman, which I didn't think Wyman played bad in the preseason, but I, didn't I didn't get don't think he preseason. did either.
0: But he didn't stick out either. He was, it's same as Paling. He didn't do no. anything special. You know what I mean? Like he didn't, it didn't look like he was he good on the power. Play. He was good. He
2: was the he was Gustafson. Okay. He was the Gustafson of the preseason. I
0: mean, he was okay on the power play. I'm just saying. Eh. Where he uh,
2: actually showed up was the power play.
0: So on this this is all thanks to the gm and that's bergevin so we'll do a quick little discussion on bergevin uh matt you didn't get the chance to mention this in the last episode because you were gone so i'm going to give you the first crack again what's your thoughts on that
1: so it kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable knowing that the general manager of the canadians is going now into a contract year without uh without an extension or anything. And there have been talks that there have been offers, but um, I personally think that it's, he's probably still sitting on an offer. And, and, I, and I believe that he's thinking, what am I going to do for this team this year? How's the team going to look at the end of my tenure at the end of my contract? And do I want to continue doing this? the the thing, that, the thing that I'm looking at though, is, if I'm, if I'm Jeff Molson, how am I reacting to that? There, if there, if there has been an offer, there is an offer on the table and you've got a general manager that now has been with the team for quite a long time, just signed, um, just signed a Suzuki to a, a, you know, a very big deal today. We'll talk Which we'll, about get, that which in we'll a get into, which we'll get into. Um, you're looking at a very storied franchise you're looking at uh, a position that definitely would need to be filled. So if you're the, if you're the owner being Molson, do you want to sit on this all season and not kind of push, push this story is say, you know, are you going to sign? Are you going to sign? What's your plan, et cetera. Or am I going to have to look elsewhere? Because I, I, I really doubt that he's going to want to go the full season. And then all of a sudden Bergerman says, to call, decides to call it quits. And now you're looking for a general manager that can take on the responsibility of uh, you're, you're looking at. They can take on the responsibility of being the general manager for the Montreal Canadiens, which is not an easy task.
0: Well, here's the thing: Molson, if he has offered Bergevin a deal, which is the rumor right now, yeah, that's the rumor if, if if is sitting on that, uh, all Molson has to do is remind him that uh, you know if he wants a, boy, a loyalty, go buy a dog. <laughs> he doesn't need to be loyal to him. Yeah. He can go out and start looking behind he, the scenes very, for very a replacement.
1: Welcome. He's very welcome. And,
0: and if I were Molson, that's what I would be doing right now. I'm like, okay, I need to have certainty with this team going forward. Uh, apparently, Molson trusts Bergevin to make the right decisions right now. But who's to say that in a month's time, yeah, with if there's a couple more injuries, that, that changes. Maybe okay. it changes depending on who's hurt and what deals he's putting together. I mean, trust only goes so far.
1: That's right. And a lot of the changes that have been made so far within the Canadians from last season to this year, most of them most of them have been out of his control.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Right. A lot of them have.
0: So... It's been an absolute freaking gong show of bad news all season exactly. long.
1: Exactly. There hasn't like we've we've had some some positive news like we'll get into later on with Suzuki, yeah. but uh, you know, you lose, you lose a guy like uh, uh, Shea Weber, you lose, uh, you lose Carey Price for at least a month, which nobody saw coming.
0: Right. Hoffman's out for a month. Right. Edmonton's Hoffman's to start,
1: for- to start yeah. you know, right? we already knew Byron was going to miss some time. Right. You, you, you look at this team and it's, it's, it's so much different, you know, it's so much different. Then you lose Kakaniemi to the, to the Hurricanes.
0: Oh, so well, I mean, it's, but they rushed him in in the first place. So that's their. Oh well, yeah, right? exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the what? The what? Lady. The what? Lady was right. Apparently. <laughs>
2: what I per, I personally believe that Bergevin. Uh, I personally believe that Bergevin doesn't know if he wants to come back or not. I don't think it has anything to do with the contract not being good enough or not being whatever. I think Bergevin has been 10 years in. I don't think he's going to screw this team over. I think he's going to do his best to put the best team out there to try to get as far as they can in the playoffs. I think he believes in his players too much uh, to just kind of say, all right, well, listen, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't care anymore. I don't think that's in his nature. So I think Jeff Molson trusts him for that reason, that he knows he, he, you know, he's not going to let Gallagher or Price or any of those guys, you know, worry about another worthless season. That's not going to get them anywhere. I think he's going to try to ice the best team he can ice. I think he done that by uh, signing Suzuki today to that contract that he signed him to. Um, and I think he, I think it's it's not about the contract. I think it's about whether Bergman wants to come back
0: as the GM or not. I think there's two scenarios that are very plausible in uh, in this where he if he doesn't return, there's the return scenario. That's you know we'll, uh, that's an obvious one, but the not returning scenario. I think there's two options there. Uh, he could stay on as a president of hockey ops and work under uh, France Belanger, who's the overall president of Grupciaj, and in his place they can promote. Uh, they can promote Trevor Timmins, who's been an AGM there now for what eighteen years? The last oh, eighteen it's years, been quite a while since two thousand three, I believe he's been an AGM. So I been,
2: he hasn't been the assistant general manager that long. He's been the scout, and then he was the head of scouting. He's only been assistant general manager, I think, since two thousand and fifteen or sixteen.
0: He's been with the well, He's been with the Canadians for a, with uh, the Canadians for, for a long time, almost twenty years. He's been the AGM for a long time um i can see them promoting him into that gm role with bergevin moving on to president of hockey ops kind of like the shanahan thing um and you except got, yeah. then you made a final
1: yeah and then also you've got scott mellenby and you got margill point
0: yeah but as two guys T- two T- guys timmons has been there that... longer
1: T- i agree i agree uh, i think or, i think he would have the leg up but these are these are all guys that have been sought yep. after from other organizations that have stayed within the that have stayed with the Canadians
0: yeah and the other the other scenario would be them reaching out outside and they would need someone who speaks French obviously so I don't know someone like uh, a Martin Brodeur because he's more of the temperament of who's currently in the Canadians organization he, he's he's more even keeled he's more perf- He's got that outward professionalism, that polish, as opposed to that fiery, uh, competitive, you know, I'm going to kick you in the balls to win a game kind of thing that you see from a, uh, a Patrick Roy.
2: Matthew Dirk is another name that's been thrown around out there as a replacement for. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. He's been with Tampa now, what, three years? Yeah. So maybe. Under maybe Roberto
1: is from montreal
0: jocelyn tebow
2: he's been doing a great job in quebec so, or in the queue with the team uh, the phoenix yeah. or whatever uh, he, he's the coach of. i Those mean there's are all options. kinds of you can always throw options but i i, I, I chose
0: mean, i chose uh Brodeur for the fact that he is a franco he is from montreal Bouchard, pedigree. his Bouchard father's circles photographer and <laughs> yeah. he's also been an AGM, and he's yeah. worked w- with two separate organizations in a managerial role. So he's got that and Team Canada as well. He's right. got that background. Do you think they would accept
2: Timmins as the general manager as long as Vince the hockey president of hockey ops?
0: Well, Timmins is Timmins does speak French, albeit choppy. It's still French.
2: Okay, because I've never seen him speak French.
0: Timmins personally, yeah. yeah, he has. It's clearly a second language and <laughs> it's, he's, he's got a, a choppy delivery. It's not, uh, it's definitely not someone who grew up speaking it, but he has learned it and he, he gets by. So I can see them accepting that.
2: I, I just, like I said,
0: I've never, it's a possibility. Really spoke French. Uh, all right. So moving on from that to the news of the day, as we record again, it is Tuesday, October 12th, and today the Lame Duck GM signed Nick Suzuki to an eight-year deal worth $7.875 million per season. So, Treg, I'll let you go first on this one. a giver I think
2: this was an excellent signing. I know the Leafs fans are now going on about what a terrible contract it is. Why would they, you know – how could they sign him for that? William Nylander was slandered because he signed for $6 million and yada, 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 yada. Um, I think it's great. I think it's a great contract. Suzuki need to be uh, locked in long term. They get four years of UFA out of him. He'll be 30 when he leaves the team uh, or if, if he leaves the team. He's he'll under be, contract be, until he's 30. He, until he's 30. Uh, so... It's, and it's only going to get better. It, it's it's front-loaded a bit. If you look at the year-by-year year breakdown, $10 million, I think, the first three years, and then it drops yep. down to, and uh, with the AVV of 7.875. Uh, Craig Rave once again, Craig Rave is keeping this team uh, alive until 2030. Uh, so uh, if you look at the uh, trade tree, uh, Suzuki's part of it.
0: Um, oh, that's, uh, uh Yeah. The Josh George's first round Craig, San Jose pick. Yeah,
2: the Craig Reve, uh, Josh yeah. George's trade is uh, yeah. still going. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it was a great signing. Uh, I-, I think Nick Suzuki's only going to look better, uh, especially playing with Caulfield. I think you're looking at our first 70 to 80 point center since Koivu who never got. To well,
0: Plekanets had a 72 point season and then so did uh, Max okay. Domi
2: okay a consistent 70 <laughs> 80 point score <laughs>
0: uh, well then in that case you'd have to look back at uh vincent damp Hoops.
2: yes yes i think koegu did it twice i think koegu had over 70 points twice and so did duplicatic i think i think i don't know i don't know. i'm not a historian mike Camito can tell us all about that uh so, yeah, I, I think it's a good signing. I don't think it's too high. I think with what everyone else, like a break of Chuck's whole note for like $10 million, you got that uh, guy in Minnesota there. He got $9 million for one season of work. Uh, Barkoff just signed for, what, $10 million $10 million, $10 million. So, I mean, Barkoff is a 70-point scorer. But, I mean... I digress. Um, I think it's a great signing for Montre- uh, Montreal. And I think it that proves that our lame duck GM is not just sitting back and saying, playing out the year, you know, offhanded, he's actually taking his job a little bit serious.
0: And you got to think too, this is the first time in quite a while that he assigned someone to a long-term deal without a bridge. I think Pretty it true. might be the first time that he has done that.
2: Uh, probably. Yeah, I don't
0: know for sure. if it's not the first it guaranteed it's not more than two I don't I don't honestly off the top of my head remember the last time he didn't bridge someone Jake Evans he just he's coming off a a two-year deal
2: yeah I don't know I'm just I'm just trying to think I have no idea and and Evans's
0: deal is only three years
2: yeah so it just takes him to his UFA I don't know I, I I wouldn't doubt it Because I mean, even Gallagher got a bridge deal. No, Gallagher didn't get a bridge deal. He got a, didn't he get a six year deal at 3.54? Is it
0: six or was it five? But is that after a bridge?
2: I don't know that's why I'm I, I don't I like, don't know I know
1: if you guys I'm do sure. want to know this you can head on over to cap friendly and they are fantastic I was
0: hoping as we were talking
1: Matt would have already done that work
0: but Matt, uh, the Air Force isn't good at taking hints and doing uh, work. yeah oh, shit. well batter back and forth
2: I don't know maybe maybe I don't
1: know I don't know Matt's just like
0: <laughs> deer in headlights so he signed a
1: six-year deal worth 3.75 million dollars but did he have did a he... contract before that
0: that right out of his elc he had his, uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: he had elc and then he had the six-year deal there you, there go. you go so, so that, the
0: second time and, and he cried he and cried then a, cried and then a when, second
1: then a second six-year deal obviously
0: and berge cried when people thought that he didn't want to sign gallagher so that tells you what level he has suzuki at yeah
1: that, that's suzuki.
0: that's telling and
2: Bergman said he wanted Gallagher to be the highest paid Canadian, highest paid Canadian. And that only lasted two seasons.
0: Uh, One, one.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One season highest paid forward, not Canadian, but highest paid forward. And that only lasted one season. Yeah. Well two, because it doesn't, his Suzuki's doesn't officially start till next
0: season. Okay. Technically you're correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know how much of this, Matt, do you think falls on losing Kotkiniemi on uh, on the offer sheet? It's- I think
1: it's I, mean, it's I think it's a big part of it. Obviously, you've got more money to spend because now you're not going to have to uh, you're not going to have to tender an offer of at least six point one um, to to get Kotkiniemi whatever the hell he would have done this year with the Canadians anyway. Now, obviously, we're not going to know that. Um, I like the signing. I do they're 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 uh they're betting on this guy just getting better and better year by year and so far um with a short time with the Canadians he's he's done just that he's become a fan favorite he's uh he's a you know a quiet young leader in the room and uh, I think he's got more offensive potential um that what he's shown so far the only thing is he's a guy that's He's giving up some of that offensive um, flair, a little bit of that offensive potential to be sound defensively. And I think that's what really made him um, an attractive uh, addition to the lineup uh, when they went out and traded for him in the patch trade and uh, in going forward, giving him this big contract. uh, I do believe he's the number one C. I believe that uh, he's only going to get better. And when you have guys, in um in the in the media that are comparing him to somebody like patrice bergeron they obviously see something in this kid as well so i know i wish him nothing but the best and uh, another little tidbit about his contract his signing bonus for this year is actually four million and fourteen dollars
0: good for him
2: now fourteen dollars like 14 his number for, yeah oh <gasps> yeah the trolling
1: yeah, I done. think uh, should have done now. <laughs>
2: uh, I I think regardless if they uh, Cockneyabies offer sheeted or not, uh, the still in being gone is the reason he's getting a seven point eight. I think it might have been a lower contract because he would have had to sign the two of them, and uh it made the, easy, um, it made the money easier. It spend. made the money easier to spend
1: on. Yeah. Uh, on well, I'm not
0: talking about that part. The question wasn't about the money part. The question was about skipping the bridge altogether
1: I would have for I would have for Suzuki and I would I, think it, I, 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 think I, I still would have bridged regardless. I would have bridged Kotkaniemi yeah.
2: I would have bridged Kotkaniemi yeah. still at the two and a half which is what they were trying to do for two to three years and I still would have signed Suzuki for the long term and,
0: yeah. and I agree with both of you guys for the simple fact that Kotkaniemi hadn't shown that he was where he was yet. He didn't show what he is, he really is at the NHL level yet. Despite having more NHL games, he needed more time. Yeah. Whereas Suzuki has shown that he is a 1C already. He has yeah. proven himself as a 1C. He showed it in the playoffs. He stepped yeah, it's up. He's a,
1: a fantastic yeah. playoff performer. He,
0: he was the Canadians' first line center through an entire playoff run. He was their first line center all last season. He took over Deno's role, which is partly why I think Deno left, because yep. he felt kind of slighted by that, like he was being replaced. He didn't want to, didn't want to stay there and be completely replaced, so he left, which is his his choice, his call. Yeah, and, and I I applaud him for getting paid. Good for him. Yeah, but in this case, I think um, it, it Suzuki has shown that he's he's there, and, and com- being compared to Bergeron makes sense because that's who he grew up idolizing. And he plays a very similar style. He's cerebral. He, he doesn't wow you with, uh, with an elite shot. He's not, uh, he's not, he doesn't have elite speed. Nope. He, you know, he, he doesn't dangle in a phone book, uh, you know, in a phone booth like some top end centers do. What he does is he plays the percentage game. He plays solid defensively, creates a transition game uses his line mates, moves up ice and finds those quiet areas. And he's already pre-planned the play. Like a like he's setting up a chessboard as he goes up the ice. He moved this pawn here, that pawn there. They're gonna do this, this, and this. And I'll be right there waiting, make my pass or take my shot. That's Suzuki's game. Uh, Blaine,
2: I don't know if you're on Twitter.
0: Sometimes, but
2: Yemi was not given the chances that Suzuki was getting. He was not given the wingers. He was not given the 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 opportunities on the power play or the penalty kill that Suzuki was given. He was not given a fair shake, like Suzuki was. Suzuki, I'm guessing this is is this High as, as I read today, Suzuki, he was guided to where he was by the organization guided that way mold it didn't
0: mold Suzuki? It. Yeah. wait so just to be clear didn't didn't Suzuki start his NHL career as a fourth line right winger
2: correct and Kotanyemi started his as
0: a third line center I'm just I'm just putting it out there maybe just maybe one player developed quicker
2: or that one player was already better than that other player. Now, or maybe this it. is
1: a ghost situation, and Patrick Swayze was behind Suzuki, just molding <laughs> him. <laughs> or, or do you mean
0: young blood?
2: You <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was Roadhouse, and Suzuki was like that
0: young bouncer. And then he had to rip the throat out of the other. <laughs> Would that man. make Kotkinemi the uh, the guitar player in Roadhouse?
1: You mean the blind guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when mine does that make Jeff does, that makes, does that make Suzuki Demi more? <gasps> was it was it Demi Moore? Yeah, it was Demi Moore.
0: okay. <laughs> Look, it's you can you can be a Kotkinemi fan, and that's fine. But the reality is, regardless of the the rotation of wingers on the third line, Kakyanemi had uh, been given offensive zone starts at a much higher rate. He had been given, especially under Ducharme. Especially under Ducharme. So he was being given uh, select ice time. he was he was being matched up and paired against lesser opposition to help guide him in. Whereas Suzuki he started that way but he he quickly moved up and proved that he can take on more, he and more the coach's
1: trust really quick
0: that's right yeah. and how do you do that at the NHL level you show that you can play defense yeah. and then from there he was providing offense because last season he had 41 points which a pro rated would have been about 60. Whereas struggles. I mean, he didn't, he didn't quite have that. So th- this season, Kotkaniemi over in Carolina and because they're paying 6.1 1 million for him this year, they threw him on the top line with Ajo and Nekach. So good luck to him for now. For now you
1: for know now. what? Good luck for, you know what? He's gone. It is what it is. I'll still follow him and I'll see how he progresses throughout the year. But you know what? If he falters, fuck, it is what it is. I ain't going to lose sleep You're over it. Dead to
0: me. Dang. But the the development <laughs> like, the development issues that Kotkaniemi faced. Yes, you can blame some of it on the team for letting him stay as an 18 year old instead of sending him back to Finland. But he earned his spot on an NHL line right he, away.
1: Yes, he did. He did. He just never took the bull by the horns and continued to progress like and Suzuki who, did.
2: And who in his rookie season, when he scored his 34 points, was sitting there and saying, this guy should not be playing on this team right now? Exactly, yeah, 100%. 100%. 11 you know goals, 34 The people 34 bitching
0: pitching and moaning about his rotating wingers which, because he had rotating wingers that year, but nobody was complaining yeah. then. No, because he was scoring points.
1: Yeah. But and we, and, Suzuki. And we've talked about this winger thing before we go back to street. We've talked about this winger thing before. This would have been the best year he would have had wingers. Same thing as if Dino would have stayed. This would have been the best year that they would have had with more caliber wingers to produce.
0: Somebody wanted money or wanted didn't money. like didn't yeah. like what happened to him in the past, so he moved on. And yeah. we shall move on yeah. because meh, he's not a Canadian anymore. That's right. But Suzuki is because he earned his spot as a 1C, so he gets to stay.
2: Yep. Yeah. He's a Suzuki. Suzuki.
1: He is a Canadian to 2030.
0: Yep. Yeah. Or under contract anyway but and, uh, I, and,
1: and i do like the line that they put them with i do like the caulfield to foley suzuki
0: uh, is very happy
1: that uh she got her contract
2: <laughs> as you can see by the look on her face she was at uh, doggy yeah daycare. she looks
0: super excited
2: <laughs> she was at doggy daycare today she's she's over ecstatic about her money that she's making what's going on zoops she's already licking her chops <laughs>
0: That's an $8 million smile right there. Look at that. Anything to say? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm over it. But yeah, no, he's, so he's going to enter the season. He's got Caulfield on one wing who he's in the running for the Calder already. Absolutely. we're so expecting him to, to, battle for the Calder. Um, they had amazing chemistry in the playoffs. They were the top line with Toffoli. Who is an who is an excellent two way forward who can score goals, um, and Suzuki's also on the top power play unit, playing off the half wall where he can he can quarterback that power play and set up the plays, so he he is set up for success to generate offense anyway. Great, Treg. Anything else on that?
1: And now everyone can go buy Suzuki jerseys that don't already have one because he's here for another nine years.
2: <laughs> Which, if you're if you're smart like me and you're debating between Suzuki and Cotton Eby on the reverse retro and went with Cotton Eby, uh you're an idiot. Uh, no, I got no more to add. Suzuki's going to be probably one of our top offensive players, him and Caulfield. Don't forget Caulfield, not next season, but the season after, he's due for a contract. And if he can win the Calder or put up a 30 goal campaign this year. Zagris thinks he's going to score 50 goals. And so, <laughs> uh, uh
0: we'll well, I mean, and you've got the, the traditional leaf trolls going, uh, going on and on about, Oh, if, if Suzuki got this, then Caulfield's going to get that. But then again, um, they're just expecting that kind of greedy kind of player. I'll just that's say what they have.
1: Yeah, I'll say it this way. Our general manager isn't a little pushover bitch like yours that just sits there and is like, oh, do you want some more money? Here you go. Here. You want $11 million? It's all yours. Well, in retrospect, the Nylander
2: contract isn't that bad. It's only six and some on. But it set
0: the precedent years. for the other players to yeah. hold out. It did. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're saying right now, like, getting off top of it, they're saying Riley's going to make like nine, 10 million bucks. Yeah, I think fucking happened. Maybe on the Leafs, but I think it ain't gonna happen.
2: I don't know some of the defensive contracts that went out uh, last year.
1: Ah, they're ridiculous. I don't know. Look at But I know we need to move. (laughs) I know know we need to move on. I know we. You know who's
0: going to have money for uh, under the cap next year to sign a defenseman? Montreal. Would Riley look good, Montreal? Yeah. Woody If a short-term deal, just troll the Leafs. Just troll the Leafs. And
2: they get him for six and a half.
0: We just to, we just took Adam Brooks, who, who is apparently way better than Caulfield.
1: Yeah, but now he's in Montreal, so he's like he's Are our number he's our speaking number of, one center now, right? So
2: speaking of players better than Caulfield, how about that Nick Robertson guy?
0: <laughs> hey, you leave Nick Robertson alone. He's definitely going to be the highest AHL scorer between the two.
2: Maybe Suzuki
0: doubled his this year
2: matched his goal total last year in the AHL
0: this year this year Robertson's got him beat mark my words yeah Robertson will be scoring more AHL points than Cole Caulfield this year mark my words
2: you're just a you're just a lease homer
0: (laughs) no but but for the Suzuki contract, what this kind of points to now is that the Canadians are kind of modernizing how they manage their cap uh, in the past. It's always been this show me what you got and you get paid. You know, they, they're, they're essentially paying for past performances in the future. So yeah, it, you look at Gallagher's current deal. He earned that deal, but in years five and six, is he going to be worth that kind of that amount of money? Probably not. He probably won't be producing at the levels that offset that amount of money being spent. So in this case with Suzuki, what they're doing is they're paying, they're buying potential. They're, they're, they're gambling on him meeting his potential and outplaying the level of his contract. So it's kind of a different philosophy
2: they bought all his prime years yeah like again yeah. the contract ends when he's 30 so basically now they're like all right if you're 30 and you're still producing at the pace you're producing at 25 hey how about we sign you for another three to five year deal and gain your career montreal or whatever if he's fallen off a cliff then they let him go
0: <laughs> yeah there you go and he's got a 10 team no trade uh, no trade list so you know, at the, by the end of his contract, if they're going into another rebuild or for whatever reason they decide to move him, he's still movable. Yeah.
2: And, and people got to look at the real money too. The real money's front loaded. So his first three seasons, he's making ten million a season, yeah. plus yeah. signing bonus. And then after that, it drops. I think he's only making six something. In the will be less than the, the cap
0: hit. It would be less
2: than the cap hit. So most teams looking real money, not at aav like what we look at so yeah
0: all right uh anything else about suzuki
1: i've been having for nine more years that's all i can say yeah he has a brother right. and he plays
2: nhl 20 and likes to give himself whatever he wants on nhl 20 mm-hmm. according to what he said eric Engels. When asked to, to his, when his brother, asked him what it was like, he was like, I was playing NHL 20 and I could just give me whatever money I wanted. <laughs> so.
0: And some people read that as if to say that Bergerman was being a giant pushover in no. negotiations.
2: He was saying, What I think he was saying is, I can't believe
0: I just got $63 million. Essentially. And when you look at the comparables for Suzuki, you got guys like Nico Heischer and Sean Couturier who just signed deals in the last year and a half, who are number one centers. He was drafted the same year as as Suzuki. uh, And he is now the 1C in New Jersey. And his production's about the same. He got about seven and a half. And Couturier took just under eight. He left money on the table, but he took just under eight. Now, he he has a Selkie trophy to his name, but he plays a similar two-way game just a little bit more physical so you have a couple of comparables making about the same amount of money they're both young so you can see why suzuki got that much
2: He's the 13th highest paid center or will be the 13th highest paid center in the nhl
0: once it kicks in and and kicks in but it's i'll ask this this. do you feel like he's still on his elc this season so do you feel like there's going to be pressure on him to to produce offensively, to get over sixty points this year, even though he's on his ELC, to prove himself worthy of that deal. No. Yes,
1: I think there will be. I think I think there's still pressure is going to still be there, but I just think he's going to continue to develop the way that he was. He was on a pace last year for sixty points, and I think he'll hit it this year.
2: I think he's just going to play his game and not even think about it.
1: That's what I think. Is, I, I think the, that's the, what I see from the, from, from the media. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot well, of pressure. I mean, but, like, uh,
2: if he signed a $4 million contract, yeah.
1: there'd be pressure but from the media. To me, he seems like a guy that doesn't really uh, lose his cool too often.
0: Which is good. Like That's part of the maturity in his game. He's a very yeah. mature young man. Yeah. Um, and, and this kind of segues into our next topic. Um, yeah.
1: Patrick Swayze molded a very good player. That's all I'm saying. Yes.
0: The young blood version yeah. in real life yeah
2: it was the i'm telling you it's the roadhouse version yeah
0: i don't know i don't know
2: i don't remember roadhouse i haven't seen
1: it
0: all i remember is he ripped the guy's neck out at the end i right sure his
1: roundhouse just kicked everybody that's all i remember
0: <laughs> now if suzuki had slept with dominic de daughter then that would be really close to young blood just just saying
2: if he was boarding with an older woman and the older woman brought tea.
1: If people don't know about these <laughs> movies, go to IMDB. It is light cap friendly, but for movies <laughs> and, and check them out. They do good work.
2: <laughs> John Wick is the goalie. Let's just put it
0: that way. Yeah. And he's actually he he's actually really good. He played yeah. he played goalie as a kid. So yeah. The um, accent isn't
2: all that great, but his oh God, uh, his it's horrible.
0: <laughs> Although Youngblood, in my opinion, is the second best hockey movie. There you go. What's the first? Slapshot. Mystery Alaska, man. Th- does that even count as a hockey movie? They play the New York Rangers. Exactly. <laughs> Michael Myers is the Don Cherry of Alaska. <laughs> any, mo- any hockey movie with Mike Myers in it, just flush it down the toilet. Love Guru, it's a, it's a love that's, that's all I gotta say.
2: Hey, I didn't mind the Love Guru. <laughs> Justin Timberlake made that movie.
0: The <laughs> 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 cock. The <Le> grand cock. <laughs> yeah. That's the only good part to that movie. Anyway, the maturity level <laughs> is what we were talking about and then we devolved into this. So the maturity level of for Suzuki... I think it will play a key role for him in the future. Montreal, Montreal is obviously a very difficult market to play in. Um, and we've seen that recently. So this is the, this is the segment we're going on to it's a, it's kind of a mental health segment. He thankfully has some mentors on this aspect of it with what Joy uh, has gone through with what price is going through. I can see that this locker room is probably going to be a little bit more tight knit when it comes to that kind of scrutiny from the outside based solely on these two very popular people in the dressing room, having to deal with these problems. Uh, what do you think, Matt?
1: Well, I think that, uh, just, just to throw my two cents on the carry price situation. I think that, uh, you get a player of this caliber that comes out and uh, pretty much just says, you know, I'm not, I'm not good. I, I, I'm not in a good headspace. I shouldn't be playing. I need to focus on myself and I need to focus on my, on my family. And uh, I believe that this is going to be uh, something that's going to reverberate around the NHL and maybe even through minor hockey and through other sports when, uh, when kids are burnt out or when other athletes are burnt out and uh, they might need to take the, uh, take a step back from the game and uh, you know, it takes, you know, it, it, it takes a lot because with Kerry Price, he's, he's been, he's been that guy that uh, he plays through everything and uh, he's been there and uh, it, the he's put the Canadians on his back for so long and it's, it's really time for, uh, for them to, to, you know, put a hand on his shoulder and give him the sport that he needs. So, so I'm very happy that he was able to do that. And, uh, obviously Bergevin, his press conference is very emotional when speaking of it. And he, he used, uh, Drew as a, uh, as an example on it. Um, obviously I want to see this guy back in the lineup as soon as possible. I'm hoping once that 30 days hits, he's ready to go. He's in the lineup. He's back in the, he's back with the guys back in the locker room, for providing that, uh, solid leadership that we know that we can, uh, that we can depend on from Kerry Price and to all the people that are out there that are saying, well, you make $10 million a year. Doesn't fucking matter. Does not matter at all. At the end of the day, doesn't matter if you make 10, you know, if you make a hundred thousand a year, you make a million dollars a year, you make $10 million a year. We all deal with mental health different ways. Uh, we see celebrities all the time. Um, some of them lose their, uh, some of them lose their lives over, uh, over mental, over, over mental health, uh, related illnesses. And, uh, I said for, for, for Carey Price to come out and, uh, say, you know, I get to look after this and I look after my future outside of hockey. It's, it's big on him, And I, and I commend him for that.
0: Those same jackasses that that say he, he makes this much, he should be better. He should be, uh, he shouldn't be dealing with this are the same morons that compare sporting uh, sp- athletes calling them warriors yeah, I mean, exactly. compare going yeah. to a game as going to war yeah. but who's who's the ones dealing with the mental health more so now in the last 15 20 years exactly. our our military yeah. who have been in actual combat yeah. these these men and women who are supposed to be the toughest in the world are still dealing with this they're still dealing with mental health issues so this is something that affects everybody it It does not matter what walk of life you're in what job you do it will affect you so to those people that are criticizing Kerry price for doing what he feels he needs to do for himself and his family you know fuck you yeah
1: drag anything
2: oh Uh, First of all, if money made it so you didn't have mental health issues, we'd all be watching Mrs. Doubtfire 2 right now because Robin Williams would still be alive. Good uh, point. So all in that argument right there. Um, see, the problem is the stigma of mental health is still around. So it takes someone like Carrie Price. Uh, not really someone like Carrie, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Corey Hirsch. And you're going to see a theme of actually goaltenders in this in uh, this little rant i'm going to go on cory hirsch back in the 1990s dealt with something that i deal with ocd uh and uh, ocd you alienate yourself from other people you uh, uh you want to be alone because you think you have to work it out on your own and, and there's many different things to it and it ha- it happens differently for different people but uh he didn't know he didn't want to lose his job so when he was with the new york rangers he didn't say anything and that's when he first started experiencing this disorder. Uh, and it wasn't until four or five years later when he was with the Vancouver Canucks that he was finally like, and also he almost drove his uh, very expensive car off a cliff. That that was another big thing that uh, um, he slammed on the brakes and he thought something's wrong. I have to get help. He went to the trainer of Vancouver and the Canucks gave him full support and let him let him go. But Corey Hirsch, and nothing is Corey Hirsch. He wasn't the star player of Vancouver. So you can look at that. And again, listen, I, I, I've talked with Corey Hirsch. I, I, I know Corey Hirsch offline and stuff like that. Uh, nothing against Corey Hirsch. But when you look at a guy of Carey Price's caliber, who is the face of a franchise, and then he says, I'm not okay and I need to fix this. It shows all the little Jimmys and Sally's and whoever that are playing hockey or any sport for that matter. It doesn't matter what sport. If you're not mentally there, you gotta step away. It doesn't matter if you're the best player on the team or the worst player on the team, right? Mental health is there. How many times we all grew up playing sports? How many times did someone say a lot of this is mental? A lot of this is mental, yep. right? Eighty percent of this is mental, you know, or 70s mental, twenty's skill, and ten percent is luck, right? I heard that my whole lacrosse career, especially as a goaltender, because I'll tell you right now, eighty percent of goaltending is mental. Eighty
0: percent. So the so every save fell, for you fell in the ten percent.
2: Yes. But uh, I was a type, and I was the type of goaltender that every goal I let in that I thought I should have had, I thought about that goal for about four days. You know what I mean? Like, and I stayed up at night. I had a hard time sleeping. I had a hard time. We could have won the game fourteen to two, but that second goal I should have had—that's what's going through my mind. And it wasn't in a positive way. It wasn't in a, oh, I should have done this. I got to correct that. It was. Why didn't I do that? Or how you know anyway, I'm not going to get into me, but uh and that's the way it works, and that's how things like OCD and anxiety work, you know, and then it builds up, and it builds up and then it builds up, then it builds up, then it builds up till it gets to the point where you're it's David versus Goliath. So for but getting back to my point, for a guy like Carrie Price of his stature to step away and say, I'm not okay, I need help, and for a franchise like the Montreal Canadians to look at their franchise player and say, We fully support this decision, no matter what happens to our organization on the ice. Because let's face it, you just lost your best player. You just lost your best player.
0: And the first thing out of the GM's mouth was not, how are we going to take it to replace him? It was, Whatever he needs to get better, we will do.
1: Even exactly. though the questions were asked, even though the questions were asked by yep. media and you knew that was going to happen, yep. he stuck to his guns and he was very, very, very professional. I thought that was one yep. of the best press conferences that we've ever seen Bergevin, uh speak, speak of.
2: For the organization and for the player to be so supportive and being able to do that, it's going to show to, it's going to ha- I'm hoping it's going to have a trickle down effect to, to other NHL players to minor league players, to kids playing the thing, to sit there and be able to go and say, Hey, I can't do this. I need help. And for that organization, no matter, I don't care if it's Timbits or if it's uh, TASA or whatever, uh, over uh, you guys over there in, uh, in uh, Hammond's Plains for that organization to say, what do you need? What do you need? Right? Not, Well, you know, you could you could do it, buddy. Like you know, and and we've we've been there. We grew up in the eighties and nineties. Hey, I'm not feeling tonight. Well, we need you. Get in there. Get over. Man
0: up. Suck it up. Man up.
2: Get over it. Now, I wrote an article that came out today about this topic. Robin Leonard, the New York Islanders, did the exact same thing for Robin Leonard. Uh, Lou, he sat down had a lunch with Lou Lamoreno. Lou Lamoreno pretty much said, "What do you need?" But again, at the time, Robin Leonard wasn't the face of the franchise. And I'm, again, I'm not dismissing what the organizations did or what they did. I'm just using Carey Price for the impact that I'm hoping it brings to everybody else, to the yeah. sport, to all yeah. sports. Look at the Olympics, uh, the gymnastics for the United States. Yeah.
0: Simone Biles.
2: Simone Biles, uh, the, the, uh, the tennis player. Uh, who who, who uh, stepped out of uh, the U.S. Open. Yeah. Mental health is just as important as physical health, if not more important. And if you don't take care of it, you're going to deteriorate. And that's, that's what happened to Jonathan Drew. Jonathan Drew went yeah. for years with insomnia and anxiety, and it made sense why he hit walls. It made sense why he would play so good for... 30 games and all of a sudden it looked like he was skating with a bag with sandbags tied around his ankles. Yep. He was up for five fucking nights. You know what I mean? He, he couldn't sleep because what was he thinking about? He was thinking about hockey. He was thinking about how can I be better? What did I do wrong? What is this going on? COVID COVID didn't help. Uh, social media doesn't help. Today's media doesn't help. Fans don't help. it, 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 it you don't know what's going on in someone's head. So, and I'm not saying everyone going to walk on eggshells without everyone else, but
1: just be aware. Just be aware. That's all I can say. And, yeah, if you do I know, know. and if you do know someone that's struggling, help them. Give them their support. Yes.
2: Well, I mean, and my DMs are always open. I think people know that. But, uh,
0: but help doesn't necessarily just mean, hey, we'll chit chat and we'll talk. Help yeah. can just be, you know what uh, just you saying you know what that sounds or that sounds like it sucks I feel bad for you I support you whatever you need mm-hmm. I'm there they just uh, people just need to hear that they're supported that that right there is 80% of it yeah. where you're not judging them for feeling the way they feel that that's the biggest thing you can do and the stigma of admitting that you're having an issue If you had a broken ankle and you walked, you walked up to a friend and said, ah, I think I broke my ankle. Oh shit. That sucks here. Let me get, you know, go get that checked out. No, no questions are asked. Everyone's like, yep, that's broken ankle. But if you walk up to the same person and say, Oh, I haven't slept in five days and and I keep having, because I keep having the same nightmare over and over again. Well, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. It's that instead of just, instead of saying that, just say, Oh, wow, that sucks. Uh, I don't know what to say, but Hey man, whatever you need, that alone, that alone shows that you don't, you don't judge them. You're not, there's no stigma to you, to speaking about it to this, this person. So the more people that do that, the better there's, there's a long path, but uh, I don't want to get too, too much into it. Um, I think, I think our time for the show is pretty much up, but I just wanted to have a quick segment, just raise awareness because you're sick, not weak. It's an illness.
2: Totally agree. I mean, and, and yeah, no, I'll just get into another rant. So I'll just, uh, <laughs> I'll hold off. but I do want to say before we go, uh, and uh, I have to look it up here. Uh, if you are thinking about committing suicide or anything, have suicidal thoughts, call the Canadian Suicide Prevention Services, 1 833 456 4566, or the kids' help phone, 1 800 668 6868. There's also a Hope for Wellness. You can look that up. I'm not going to remember. And if you're in the United States, it's 1 800 suicide. Uh, I just thought I'd bring that up since we are here talking about it. I have no idea what it is in Britain and any other country that we had people listen to us in, but that, that's Canada or
0: 911, just call 911. Or in Great Britain, 999.
2: 999, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so I want to thank everyone for tuning in, uh, listening, uh, on all the platforms that we are on, including iHeartRadio. Uh, they've been great partners for us. Uh, the Hockey Writers has been sharing our work. Uh, I want to thank everyone for for interacting with us online uh, and everyone who's sharing pictures of their new Habs unfiltered t-shirts, helping, helping a cause that's close to my heart, homeless veterans. These people have served our country and they deserve all the help and support that we can give them. So please remember five, one, four shirts sells these t-shirts and all profits, every penny of the profits for these shirts goes towards vets canada so if you want uh, if you want a great shirt and you want to help a great cause go to 514 sports and buy a habs unfiltered t-shirt so thank you for listening and remember if you were talking about it so are we
2: do you have a problem getting big city slams are you not getting the gains at the gym well don't mortgage your future on rental supplements get burger you the gains you need bergy gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better characters so you can get the gains you need get burger guns bergy today not a real project mate. It may make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man do not use if you're healthy if you want to loyalty buy a dog
0: Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Cundall, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.